0: You are looking at the Vice President of Community Creative Consultancy.
1: Juggling 15 sets of balls today, literally. Guys, Bruce is taking me over my hangout! Why is somebody abandoning me?
0: You have obtained a premium triple-ply toilet paper.
1: Look at my hair, I dyed it because I'm so serious.
0: It's time for another episode of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series, The Guild. This is episode number 51, And on today's episode, we will be talking to Greg Aronowitz, who is the production designer for Season 6 of The Guild. He's actually been the production designer for several seasons of The Guild, and he's this incredible, creative guy who does these really awesome things. We've talked to him in the past, and I got a chance to sit down with him again and discuss Season 6. So we're going to jump right into that, alright? So let's go ahead and play the interview. Hey guys, I'm here with Greg Aronowitz, and we're discussing season six of The Guild. Let's first start with the castle. Mm -hmm. The underwater castle.
1: And talk about that a little bit. Uh, The underwater castle was a challenge in that it needed to get destroyed. So, um, you know, it could have been simpler, but I wanted to kind of make it elaborate. And I felt like it was like the, the first piece we would really see that would dictate what this you know what the game the only thing we've ever really seen of the game is the guild hall Mm -hmm. you know and now we're venturing out into the world and and this whole new world that's supposed to be the bigger better world so this castle i felt like represented a lot so i wanted to kind of make it involved and intricate which made it complicated to have a duplicate um because two were made. Because two were made, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's always the conversations of like, well, we could just shoot all the coverage and then like on the last shot destroy the thing. And there's two things with that. Number one, that never works because (laughs) inevitably you will, you know, shoot everything, everything's cool, then you'll destroy the castle and then like, you know, the DIT guy will be like, oh, you know what, that card was corrupt or, Mm -hmm. you know, or I spilled coffee on the computer or something. And then number two, like... If I put that much work into something, I want it to stick around like It breaks my heart to have that stuff be destroyed. so the idea is to have a hero and then a stunt, and the stunt looks the same, but is only like half the work went into it. You know there's not like every single little detail yeah um so it's still a little you know painful but and on on a on a typical show i a I'm trying to think well, I'm always I always get confused. Like, do I say a real show? You know, the girl is a real show. But you know, like on a no. on a on a big network Hollywood show, um, you know, we would have made ten. Mm. Like they would have done that, you know. I mean I like an example, a stupid example, but uh I did um the Country Bears and uh there's the I designed the the um the Country Bear Hall <laughs> mm-hmm. and the 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 whole storyline is that the Christopher Walken character is trying to like get the land and take down the, the bear hall. So he has like a machine in his office that crushes little miniature versions of the country barrel. Like it's really <laughs> random, but it was like, so I, I did the design model for the full size hall and then all these things. And, but then I had to make like 30 miniature versions and then just be on set and watch Christopher Walken just like crush them all. Yeah. <laughs> It was you know that made it worthwhile, you know, but <laughs> but yeah, we had one shot at it, so but we kept the original intact, so it'll show up somewhere at some uh yeah convention, everyone will get to check it out. now, what is it made of? It is made out of um. It has a steel pipe armature. Uh, and no, then, I know the, the first one does. The second one obviously broke, so it was like styrofoam. Yeah, the second one is just styrofoam. They're both made the same materials, except the second one doesn't have an armature. Okay. And uh, it's all just like bead styrofoam and then um, sprayed with a urethane foam. And then just like we stuck seashells all over it. And sharks. And, and sharks. And, and painted paint blue. Yeah. Prehistoric
0: sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about the underwater bar that you made. I heard it was incredible. I haven't seen it yet because uh, the episode is not
1: out yet. You've seen it. It's
0: in the driveway. It's in the driveway. Oh, I must have. Okay. But no, Felicia said it was incredible. So yeah,
1: that like that's one of those weird things where I was like, this is not as awesome as I would like it to be. But then when everybody was there, people were just like, this is the most amazing thing. (laughs) So I I don't know. I mean, I guess I just always have. You know you're more critical of your own book, <laughs> but um this is never satisfying. no it it was picture of it. Mm-hmm. i don't know i i just i guess you know I just wanted to have a couple more layers of detail, which you know we're actually currently right now as we speak, all these pieces on the table are for the miniature that will be the back of the bar, so I still have a chance of uh you know personal redemption <laughs> to like get some more layers of detail, yeah, but uh yeah, the idea behind that was there was a bunch of pages to be shot on green screen with a lot of different characters and um you know we oh, thought wow. that if we did nice. like a a bar in the round that we may be able to just kind of like rotate it yeah. instead of having to like reset angles and stuff for for the green screen and i think that worked pretty successful but the idea was to make it kind of like a coral reef and organic and you know, if you look really hard, you'll see like little crabs and things hiding throughout yeah. the bar, and then and then bringing all this like nautical stuff, and and then barrels with that would have the. I still, you know, I mean, I guess it's a video game. Anything happen. I still don't understand how you drink underwater. <laughs> um, you know, they're like well, that, yeah, that they're, it's like beer on tap underwater. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah, but. But the idea was there And I think it You know It looks pretty cool
0: Yeah Now Since the, the Technically this place Isn't underwater I mean there's no We're not doing Any kind of effect Like they're underwater Like their hair's not floating
1: Well so, it's kind of You know I think The the the, like word on, the word on set Was that it was like The Spongebob philosophy Yes Like you are actually underwater there, People are swimming Through the shots And yes. stuff It's just That You know I guess Felicia's idea Was that the mechanics of the game don't deal with constant, like, flow yes. effects and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, the hair... Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it's like more and... like a game underwater. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah. do you take that into account when you built the, the bar area? Would it have been different if you knew that there was going to be water particles making it look more fluid? Would you have different, different colors? I mean,
1: I, th- I think if we were going for a much more realistic thing, then, yeah, totally. I starting with that, like why would they have open mugs of you know, like with, like I was saying earlier, but um but no, it was more of like a cartoony kind of fantasy fantasy thing, and then, um you know, we had some cool stuff we had, oh man, a hard time uh getting crabs. Really and then, yeah, which it's not that hard usually to get crabs on a movie set, but um, it's, but, but we uh, Yeah, this was Red's joke. I'm sure she'll tell you all about it, but there was it in in the original script it's written as um, loins.
0: Yeah, bare loins. loins.
1: and because that's like a game standard, And uh. but then it came up in a production meeting that like, well, we're kind of in the underwater section of the world, so um, you know, maybe it should have more of a you know, aquatic theme and Reddit was just like, oh my God, you know, Zabu has to give her crabs <laughs> and, and everybody laughed like 12 year olds. And then, and then Felicia was like, no, no, that's like too, and it, but then everyone was still laughing and she was like, all right, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it's not like Felicia has never gone for, you know, the eight year old yeah. uh, mentality, humor joke before, but, um. But then we were like, well, we need to find, like, the biggest crabs we can, like, the most <laughs> – it's not that's, – that's not funny. I do <laughs> <don't> um, <laughs> just crabs. You know, because it's still a video game. Like, we wanted to have them be kind of, you know, crabs of unusual size, yeah. you know. So um, I was going to try and make something, but we were so under the gun. There was so much to do. Um, so we tried the rental houses – And uh, ultimately we found online – I think Carrie found uh, a store like on Amazon that could ship them to us. They had like 18-inch Alaskan crabs or something. And then – so we bought them and then it was coming up on the the shoot day and I realized that they had never shown up. And for some reason even though – and Amazon, please check into this and fix this because some. some – t- first of all, I have to say this about Amazon. What deal have they made with the devil? Like I will order something at like 8 o'clock on Sunday night and then Monday morning I'll get up to walk the dogs and it's on my doorstep. Like how is that I, I even have no idea. possible? Yeah. Like how come every time someone mails me a check, it takes like three <laughs> weeks and gets lost. But if I order, you know, uh, the the series DVD collection of The Flash, it's – here in like less than twelve hours, it's so crazy. It, yeah, which does that? <laughs> um, but uh, so weird. But but this one particular time when I really needed crabs. They shipped them, and everything was right on the site, like the address to send it to. But somehow they ended up in – was it in – Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Like as if Massachusetts doesn't have crabs. (laughs) Like what are they (laughs) – and and then there was no way that they could get it to us because it was like the next day. So we had to cancel that order. And then we found some other stone crabs or something that – Yeah, I went to a rental house and found some that weren't quite the same size. Yeah, they weren't quite the same size, but they were – all right. But they they said I was allowed to paint them, so I made them look all kind of weird and – But uh, yeah, somewhere, someone in Massachusetts, I gave them crab. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I am clearly twelve years old. But uh, (laughs) what else? We had the loot. Yeah, but the loot was kind of cool. We had um, we had an intern named Sam, and uh, she was the the neighbor of a friend of mine and like her dream and goal in life is to be a video game designer so she's a a young artist she's still in high school and um she was looking for something to do for the summer that was involved art so it was recommended that she come hang out here which why anyone would recommend you know to uh send their their child (laughs) here I, i don't know but you know but sam she's not really a child she's uh She's a mature... She's a young lady. She's a young lady, yes. And uh, But, you know, she had a lot of drive and a lot... She was really into uh, art. So I basically... She had never really done any of this stuff before. So I was like, all right, well, trial by fire. Uh, I'm going to give you a prop and you're just going to build the entire thing from beginning to end. So I gave her the loot, which, you know, we, we talked about and, and actually found... Rachel found a loot online and drove to... I don't know, like Tijuana or something. It was far. <laughs> it was like San. Like, uh, no. By de-
0: Disney. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, it was like an hour away. West Covina. West yeah, Covina. I don't know. It was far, for, and I'm like for a loot. But I was like, ah, you know, it's always good to have a loot around, you know. <laughs> so we got the loot. But then I was like, you know what? I really want to just push the video game aspect. If I was a game developer, like I would create every single aspect of a fantasy world, like yeah. every, every, every asset, you know? So this was a good opportunity. And, um, I came up with the concept of it being like a, you know, clamshell loot with, and so I gave her like the basic instructions and she just, over the course of a week or so, just chiseled away at this thing and made, made the loot. And it's uh it's a pretty awesome prop. She should be super proud of it. Very cool. And how long did it take her to make that? It was like I don't know, like a week and a half, off and on. Yeah, because she wasn't here every day. Yeah, she wasn't here every day. She had like real life stuff to deal with, and you know, <laughs> I don't know what people do when they're not <laughs> working in web series, but real teenager things. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she had to go home and be on Facebook or something. Like that. But uh, but no, she she worked really hard and cranked it out. But I'd say probably the thing that. I'm most proud of... Like, every season, there's, like, some prop that I make where I'm like, oh, that's, like, my new all-time favorite thing. And I don't think it gets a lot of screen time, but uh, Felicia had written that one of the perks that Tink gets from Donovan is an up... She, like, up-levels into an epic bow. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... (laughs) Again, I was like, I asked Felicia, I said, hey, do you mind? Like, I think Felicia was thinking we were going to take Tink's original bow and, like, um, alter paint it, it or yeah. add, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. something to it. And, but, you know, that's not That's not, that's how not how your I roll, style. You know? So <laughs> um, I said, do you mind if I make it where it's, like, a bow that belongs to this area of the game? And, and she was like, no, go for it. So I did, like, this uh, inverted seahorse thing and made it purple and probably spent the most time. <clears throat> on that part. and by most time I mean like three days but like of any any single prop that I worked on like that was the one that I focused and I think I started the whole show with that because I was pretty excited about it um, and then it has like seaweed uh, a seaweed bowstring and stuff and I think it's pretty pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Uh, are you? Where is it? It's right up there. Oh yeah. there it is. Yeah. Well that's as it's, you can see, that's my it's very uh,
0: cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah, you got it <laughs> next to it you have all of the uh Dragon you know, Dragon Age? <laughs> yeah, there's bows. Dragon Age and there's uh from my movie Battle Planet and then there's <laughs> the um the Night Sisters, the, the uh Clone oh, Wars right. when you Cos- cosplay that's I did right. for, for the Team, Team Unicorn. Corn. So yeah, there's like a whole bunch of bows pretty crazy, crazy. yeah bows are popular bows are crazy. cool though are, there's something about yeah you really have cool. a bow and it just makes you feel like a badass yeah So yeah. they're not really practical for like you know urban street use, but, <laughs> but they look cool very cool
0: uh let's talk about the uh zabu's perfect woman <laughs> so you guys actually created that
1: i mean we didn't create i justine no, well, of you know, course not. She's a But, you, woman. but you, <laughs> I mean, actually, her parents probably. You know. <laughs> but you actually made the picture
0: that Zabu supposedly cuts. Yeah, the, the Frankenstein. He, when he's because um, I talked to Felicia and she said it was only supposed to be a face, and you guys made a whole body and made a whole. Yeah, thing.
1: that was. I don't know. It was my interpretation of it because it was supposed to be this whole Frankenstein thing and. I think the script mentions though, like other body parts. And, yeah, yeah, because it mentions know. like the like tail. Yeah, like. yeah. So I don't know. That was one of the well, the script for and...
0: the yeah, but I mean, his picture initially is in the mermaid, is in the mermaid. It's just the, the picture. No, no, no,
1: no. Like in in in, in the I'm
0: talking in, about in the game. Yeah, in the game, I Justine.
1: In in the script, you're talking about the Frankenstein yes, collage. Yeah. yeah. No, there were specific things it talked about. Um, it was like like, Oprah's brain. oh, yeah, and Reese Witherspoon's hair. But then it was like somebody's body. I don't know if body was mentioned, but it was definitely, like, tail and, like... Someone's leg. Like someone's yeah, leg. They, like, it mentioned different body parts. So, yeah. so then we made it, and Felicia's like, oh, I thought it would just be, like, the head, like, to focus on the head. And I'm like, well, but if you're thinking of your ideal woman... You're gonna think of head to toe. Yeah. I mean, at least I do. I don't, maybe that, you know... Maybe I'll never get another date in my life after saying this, but it's like, you know, it's... You have to think of the whole person. <laughs> um yeah moving on (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah that was actually you know a bunch of clips were pulled it wasn't real magazine stuff it was all from the internet and then Mm -hmm. red um kind of did a mon a collage on in (laughs) uh in photoshop and then so we had the reference one and then the layers and then i actually cut them out and pasted them together on on a board and I don't know. I wrote some <laughs> stuff on that. It was, it was probably not the most exciting uh, prop, but I think it sold. And then, and then we had to do the whole stack of magazines that he's using. And if you look really close, you'll probably see the covers and like it's all of us on the covers because we had to emulate. Oh, that's great. A um, yeah, because you can't really use like the real yeah. magazine, yeah. but we wanted it to look like people and us, and so it's like you know there's a big picture of of uh, Marisa Cuevas on there, and then it's like um, like Red and I and Brian Kamioka uh, <laughs> at a at a L-J. costume party, and so L-J. I was yeah it was L O J, and so I they, they like put the stuff in there that it was like we were like a uh, European. Uh, rock pop <laughs> band or something. And I don't know. It was really weird, but it's uh, yeah. There's a bunch of little Easter eggs on the. That's on awesome. Covers. Are they still around? The magazines. I yeah. assume they're yeah. here somewhere. Yeah, we uh, we use them a lot because almost every show requires magazines. Like that's one of the hardest things. Not one of the hardest things, but probably one of the most time-consuming things is every show, especially on the lower-budget shows, where you're not allowed to use real product you have to Greek everything out. And, mm-hmm. and I know we've talked about this in previous seasons, especially like season five where we had like so much product placement. Yeah. Um, but usually you have to Greek things out, which means you have to like hide the names and any trademark logos or, and it's a lot of work. So over the years we've just been building up an inventory of. Yeah. Uh, your own beers and yeah. your own drinks. And yeah. We have, we have like cold soda, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and man products for. Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and so we have all these magazines and posters. Anytime you hang a poster in a in a room, like it can't just be like I can't hang up a Van Halen poster, you know, I have to like create some fake rock group. Yeah. So, it's usually one of us like dressed up like an idiot and you know, <laughs> heavily photoshopped and Red creates some kind of title graphic and slaps it over there. Yeah. yeah. So, Um, what else? Yeah, what other big props? Uh, Well, another super cool thing is, um, the one of Codex's first jobs is to anatomically correct the uh statues, the 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 pewter figures that uh, Floyd gets in. Oh, Felicia did mention this that the men have boobs and the women have packages. Yeah, the the um. The barbarians have boobies <laughs> and the, uh, she was like a witch. what is she? Yeah. is like the witches have, uh, man packages. So, um, you know, again, it was like one of those things where it's like, you know, Felicia thinks of these weird, crazy jokes and, uh, it's like, how far are we uh, allowed to push them? Yeah. And I tend to. I think Felicia and I think a lot alike, but then she always kind of pulls back at the mm. last moment. So, and I always want to go the extra yard because there's no—you don't write a script saying, "Oh, uh, you know these barbarians have boobies and can you file them off," but then not like actually want to see, see the it. boobies, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, Those are correct boobies. They have nipples. They actually. are. They're. Yeah. They. They're hey. Quirky. You know, I I am so a they were- sculptor that <laughs> takes pride in my anatomy, <laughs> um, and uh, but that was one of the things like that you know we kind of went a little like head to head on is because I sculpted them and everyone thought it was funny but then Felicia like was like oh my god there's like you know breasts yeah you know, like areola you know <laughs> and um she's like well maybe you can paint a bikini over it like a bikini top so it's like less and so my argument was that it was supposed to be just some weird mistake yeah like and so i felt like if there was a bikini top then they would be aware that the dude has wearing a bikini top. breasts yeah you know so the compromise was me number one being really stubborn and pushing and pushing and pushing <laughs> but the compromise was that i think they're just gonna like blur it out so that you never actually get to see it. But I think that's still a million times funnier than a barbarian in a bikini. Yeah. You know? And um, I, I don't know. I think she was sweating it on, on set. But <laughs> but I think it's pretty, pretty hilarious. And uh, yeah, and then it's supposed to be a whole box of them. So we had to make like dozens of yeah. these things. So um, may, at some point maybe there will be like a – you know, nights of good uh, contest where you can get a booberry, because <laughs> <laughs> they really are unique only to the guild. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Felicia's pager or Codex's pager, because mm-hmm. in the script it wasn't this giant restaurant. In the script, it's no. I don't even think it's mentioned. No, I mean it was. Yeah, I mean I think it is in the script, but it was just meant to be like a regular like. You know, she didn't think it was going to be like a huge restaurant.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you this: if it if it's in the script, she if, said that it, you it created was, that. It was in it was in the in the like later later script. Yeah. yeah, it was like in a final issue because it was not in the script the day before we started shooting. <laughs> <laughs> and I get a phone call from Kim Saying, "Hey, uh, Felicia and I were talking. And we thought it would be really funny." If Floyd says, oh, he, uh, you know, because he did have the line of dialogue about like, you know, you're free to come and go as you please as long as you're here at my beck and call yeah. at any second, you know, which basically and everyone around here knows how that because I, I think that's what I say. like, "Oh, you know, Hey, whatever. Make your own schedule. Just don't ever leave. Um, but uh, so I totally related to that. But but she said, um, oh, we thought it would be funny if to like fortify that he gives her like a restaurant pager so that he can just like buzz her whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, like cause I don't think you can just go get a, you know, one of those like, uh, um, uh, what was the, <laughs> there's a specific one. She, oh, P.F. Chang's. Yeah. She was referencing <laughs> the P.F. Chang's one. So everyone go to P.F. Chang's and, and wait in line and get a buzzer. <laughs> and you'll see, Cause they're like big and clunky and they go like, yeah. Eh. And it's like a, Defcon four, you know. <laughs> um, so we needed this thing in like, a, I guess, the next day. Um, so I just, I, I was like, "Hey, Maz, just make a restaurant pager," <laughs> you know. Uh, and he did. He just put it together. Yeah, it had to be operational too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, had it, to well, it had to work. Well, it had to work, and you know, obviously, the real ones work where they like dial a code and it sends yeah. a signal. You know, and this is Hollywood. Like, yeah. it had to be fake. It had to be able to like just work and turn off on command. And yeah. So we needed it to be radio controlled. So it ended up being this huge thing. And that's, you know, again, people just don't always think about like, you know, like oh, we have this funny idea. The piano can fall eight stories and crush the guy. And you know, let's shoot this. And you're like, uh, okay, like. Yeah, but get, it does it, go to show how amazing your team is. That she can call you
0: up and 24 hours later. You can have, a fully automated buzzer that can go on and off (laughs) at a moment's command. Let's not make that the norm. Well, That's the unfortunate thing is that you guys do. That's what happens. So they expect it. They know they can call you 24 hours. It's still like 48 hours. Yeah. But it is possible. I mean, it may not be the norm. Hopefully it's it's not,
1: but... For the fans. As
0: long as the fans are happy. I mean it's a great it's a great sight gag. That's so. pretty funny. It's, it's hilarious. I'm controlling it on this giant remote
1: control like car controller. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's we have tons of stuff in inventory too, so yeah. yeah. That whole thing is made of Just other parts. And, you know, that's one of the things that why I can even do the web series the way that I do is because I have a, a kind of standard policy that everything I build, I own and you know a lot of the reasons as i said with the castle earlier is because i just hate to see you know work get destroyed and i like to. it's obviously if you come to the barnyard you know that you don't throw anything away yeah yeah it's all archived and you know we use it for different uh, you know displays On on the popular projects like the guild is a great one because people want to see that stuff all the time yeah but then there's other stuff that um you know it's like every every puppet that's made or every every uh, prop gun or there's like all these components that go into it and they have a certain cost. And if that just goes into some producer's storage to never be seen again, yeah. that's like materials that are lost. Where here, if I know that you know something isn't going to have a long life or that I, I don't really need to use it again a lot, then we strip it down and it goes back into the pool. And so that actual piece that thing is like was completely constructed from other existing props yeah. like you're, all, you're saying all your company is very green because <laughs> it reuses things over and over again yeah we try i mean there is also that it's uh you know i mean the amount of lumber and it's just crazy so yeah. we try and hang on to everything and just uh just recycle it as much as possible and it's green for the environment and and the the theory is that it's green from my pocket because, you know, it saves you everyone comes and says, we need this uh, $5,000 set, but we only have $500, you know? So <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I, I so don't know. So that's how you're able to do things. Yeah. Because I have yeah. $4,500 worth of lumber yeah. from, you know, the past five projects that we can use yeah. to be able to pull it off. And
0: it will be used for future stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. So um, I heard through, uh, you know. Production that uh, uh, we couldn't use previous Vork House or the Dog House, mm-hmm. which was uh, at Felicia's place. So yeah. it well, was... well, it
1: wasn't so much that we couldn't use it as it no longer exists. Well, yes, <laughs> well, but like Felicia's Geek and Sundry office, like yeah, where she does the flog and everything. Like that is the renovated uh, shed, yeah, that was uh, Vork's place, yeah. and. Um, Blades' garage. Yes. So, yeah, we needed to find a new home for those. But, you know, the thing that is interesting, and I'm not even sure if people actually even keep this in mind when they watch the show. Like, even the hardcore fans, because it's just, there's so much time between the seasons. But from the first episode to, you know, the season finale of season six is, like, really only, like, a couple months yes, in time. Yes, at, at, at most. Know? Yeah. It's, like, I think we all think about it in terms of, like, years. It's years, and, yeah. But but really, it's just, like, it's a couple days in the first season and yeah. a couple days in the next season. Like, the distance between season five and season six is a weekend.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Same thing with four and five. It's a,
0: you know, they go, they're going to go to the
1: convention and then a week later they go to the convention. Yeah, they're on the way. So, yeah. So it's not so... When you have to change a location or, you know, change a a set, but it's supposed to be the same thing, like there's not a lot of leeway, you know, I mean, obviously the audience is always forgiving in a certain amount of, you know, people aren't going to be like, I'm not watching the show anymore. The refrigerator (laughs) was on the left side last time, but, but still continuity wise, you, you still want to be as close as possible. And so when that came up, we decided that the easiest thing to do would just to be, uh, to build Vork's shed in at the barnyard mm-hmm. in my living room well, which we're is sitting right now. Yes, it you know has guild history. I mean it has just internet history. Oh yeah, history used uh, it used to be uh used to be cheesy Yeah, the
0: office for uh the, Yeah, for Ali. Thank you. Oh my god, I can't remember the guy's name. Yes.
1: Yeah, and you've done a pl- plenty of other web, yeah, well, I, web and, series um, stuff in here. I mean Legend of Neil, yeah. the the uh grandmother's trailer was in here. And then uh, I mean the Tommy Y show is shot in here, Um, yeah. I mean there's tons of random things that that we had just done. Wasn't um, the
0: whole Stan Lee yeah thing was was in here too? Oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that was in the shop
0: okay, but it was still here on the barnyard. it was still at the barnyard. Yeah
1: yeah Yeah, I mean we've done lots of the the whole uh, the Christmas specials that I oh god that's right that was here for that yeah Um, yeah but then we did the Stan Lee thing the uh, chat room of solitude with sean becker mm-hmm. that was all shot in here so we use it a lot but it's you know it's not a huge space Mm-mm. so it's kind of a challenge to make it, you're building but,
0: rooms within a room yeah
1: we're building room within a room <laughs> and without also not taking out all my video games and stuff so it's like trying yeah. to work around yeah but um luckily the sh- original shed was not huge yeah but um yeah i was like trying to find out how to make that Work and look the same. I'd be curious to know like how many people you can even tell. You know? I I didn't know. I had no <laughs> idea and I've worked on the set so I mean. <laughs> well of course you can tell. But my favorite part of that like I feel like we pretty successfully pulled it off but beyond the the art part well not beyond the art part because I want to talk about art specifically art my French Bulldog like oh, that's that right. was like the most amazing thing. He's in it. Thing. He's in that scene. And he was such a pro. He like I, I've never <laughs> been so proud. Like now I know what it's gonna feel like to be a father. Like unless I have a kid that's a total f- up. You know? but, <laughs> but he was so good. Like he had his his mark, and he would sit on his mark, and Sandeep would talk to him, and then um, I would like call him, and he would like just walk around on cue, <laughs> and he did it like three times and he nailed it every time. But on the fourth time, he just went back and sat on his mark. Like he was ready for more. <laughs> it was so cute. And it was so perfect. And you wanna talk about him, Mike, buddy? yeah, you can hear art in the background. <laughs> that's a
0: snorting about that's, about that's going on. on.
1: <laughs> and then print was actually supposed to be the other dog, but Felicia brought uh cubby, cubby. As, a, as a backup. And print is a bit of a spaz. And <laughs> plus it was kind of decided he already had his, you know,
0: yeah, he's in he's in season yeah, he's in
1: season four. Yeah, but I actually thought it would have been funny to have Zabu reject him and like just give some throwaway line like, "That's eh, weird, you kind of remind me of my mother." That would have been funny. <laughs> yes, that would have been funny. But prank was just kind of spazzing out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but- um, now, with Vince's place, the garage, that wasn't here. That was actually at Kim Eevee's house. That was at Kim Eevee's house. Which you guys was... had to redress it to make it look like yeah. it was. Kim
1: Eevee's house is the other staple of yes. the guild. Like, so yeah. many things have been there. You know, that's where Codex's room is. Yep. And, and um, uh, the garage, I want to say we shot in the garage for something else. Well, I remember... Well, she shot all her... Gorgeous tiny chicken machine show in that yeah, garage. Yeah, yeah, and all of Greg Benson's mediocre yes. films and stuff. But I want all to say stuff. there was something else for the Guild that was shot there. One point I don't know. I, don't know. I, rem- I remember that's where Will Wheaton was presented. That was. The, uh, I was Schmier-Cox interviewing in the background painting. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that. A lot of history in that, in, in that garage. So now it became Blades' garage, and um, you know they they're not that similar that different in architecture so it wasn't really that hard and there's kim and greg have so much stuff in there it's kind of a little bit like their garage is the mini version of the barn because you know, there's like all the panda costumes yeah. and you know the giant all stuffed, the stuff they've worked uh, on pea pods and i don't know it's like crazy you know? um but yeah it wasn't that that hard to convert it just because um you had pictures you know, and obviously yeah, the video and we, of we had scene. the main and props the big chair yeah. and um and then there was just enough stuff already in there that we just kind of moved it around and yeah, you know. But that's the magic of film, is you know. I mean, I always tell the story like people get so confused when they're just like, well, but how? Like everything has to be in the same room. And one of my favorite stories, and you know, where I learned how to kind of do all that stuff based on camera work, is uh, Star Wars. Of course. of course. How many times can I say Star Wars? <laughs> um, uh, but the the cantina. The cantina was actually shot in three completely different locations on different in two different, different continents. Yeah, yeah. different times. And, yeah, um, it all cuts together flawlessly. Like, yeah, you, know, you would never know. It looks like it's but all that's, in the same that's room, TV. But, I mean, that's what everyone. Yeah, that's does. film. I mean, you know? That's it's what just, they do. You just have to, you just have to think like the lens and forget everything outside yeah. of you know. Yeah. The aspect ratio because it doesn't matter. You know, you can – You can recreate anything. Yeah. I mean when we did the Christmas commercials here, we just made the – out by the camper look like it was all snow and everything. But it was, you know – Yeah. the middle of (laughs) of California, (laughs) you know, uh, Indian summer. That's right. But – you know, you look through the lens and you're That's in all you you know, see. the East Coast at Christmas. Yeah. And you, you just you look up and you're just in, you know, a junkyard yeah. in the in the summer. So. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so that that stuff was pretty easy. I mean there was the biggest challenge probably overall was the um the gaming offices and I'm sure Felicia, everybody talked about like we had gone to different places. We went to some big famous yeah. game. Uh, actual gaming offices and they were cool but they were like very corporate and I feel like that's what she was saying. The thing that yeah. we kind of sold with the booth in at the convention in season five and just like Floyd's kind of Seattle you know yeah. grungy um, flannel shirt and attitude is that they were a little more indie than uh, mass corporate. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the Lacey Street place that we found was um, it was much more lofty, but it was as blank a canvas as you can get, like short of it just being a, a, hollow brick building. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all white walls. And you know, the only thing I had to work off of was the, uh, the fluted glass, like the louvered glass. Um, other than that, there was like no character or personality whatsoever. So we just had to, had to bring it all in and it, but it's huge. It was a giant yeah. loft office and. Again, I think you know everyone forgets because the guild has reached like such a high benchmark of of quality, but people forget like the the budgets are like it's hundreds like, of dollars, yeah. you know, like yeah, not yeah. even, you know, yeah. So um, it's just like finding fabrics and bargain bins, and then and then again pulling from my collection. I mean, luckily the whole fantasy aspect, like a lot of my work has always been yeah in that realm, yeah. so um you know there's the whole like wall of action figures and those are all my action yours, figures from yeah. my comic books yeah um and then the the cubicle itself we had artists that were uh you know friends or were fans and then a lot of it is just my own personal artwork from mm-hmm. like movie pitches that you know no one ever wanted to make the movie so <laughs> and then uh you know lady pendragon is a, is a comic book that i published with uh, my buddy matt hawkins who's the president of top cow he created lady pendragon it's one of my favorite comic books of all time and uh, you know someday i'd love to turn into a to a movie so Um, We haven't published it in in years, in like five years, but any opportunity I can have to just kind of keep it in the the public eye and it seemed to like you know blend in. Yeah, yeah, it worked well with – Actually, a funny thing about that is uh, my favorite artist in the entire universe, Drew Struzan, had done a piece for a cover for Lady Pendragon and I didn't have a big printout of it but I really wanted it in the cubicle and Roy is supposed to be this like super – awesome artist yeah. that, like, creates all the... Yeah, things, he's, like, you know? the lead it, artist. Of the yeah, movie. it's, like, the guys from Blizzard. Like, their, you know, their work pretty much defines that genre, yeah. you know? So so I wanted to put some really key pieces in there. And, and this Lady Pendragon piece is just, like, one of the most beautiful fantasy pieces I've ever seen. And I didn't have a print of it, and um, I didn't really have time or money to make a print of it. So I was like, you know what? I want to bring the original down, because... The thing is like Drew Struzan I I've idolized him all my life and and as a kid growing up I would have like all the posters back to the future and Indiana Jones and Star Wars and I would just like stare at those posters and just like the quality of the work and the detail like it was just amazing. And I never realized until I met him and we became buddies and he like you know would show me those originals yeah. that those posters that we get you have to imagine that for when they put those up in movies and stuff, they mass produce those. Those things are like three cents a piece. Like, yeah. So that printing is like the worst quality. So when you see an original, like it, when you see the original Back to the Future poster, it will make you cry. Like it is, you know. Yeah. It's like I, the does of, he
0: have that? Uh, does he have his original? Sadly, sadly or
1: he... somebody just bought it. Mm. I've been trying for twenty years to raise the money to, to own get that yeah. piece, but uh, somebody bought it. But he, but he did have it, you know. So I got to like spend yeah. a, a lot of hours. Like he'll sometimes he'll just hang certain pieces in his. Um, Studio, And yeah. then he has these nice leather chairs. Yeah. And I'd just go hang out over there. And then I like, could just sit and stare at this piece <laughs> of art and be like, you know, if I get close enough to it, maybe somehow like, you know, a piece of that talent will like rub off on me <laughs> and I'll be a better artist. Like, If I could just figure out how he made one line of that sketch yeah. work. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with this Pendragon piece. Like the comic book is – the cover is beautiful. But when you see the original, it's – I don't know. It, maybe it's just me, but it's just I, you just like fall into it. And so I was like, I want to capture the original on camera. But the problem is, you know, movie sets are – they're pretty abusive, you know? Extremely. Um, you know, you're swinging stuff all around and there's like tape stuck on everything and there's like 20 people in a space where only like two people should be. <laughs> so I took a huge risk because the thing is, Drew is a very famous artist and his – his original art is worth hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Like it's no joke. So I, you know, there's insurance and stuff, but I don't know like I think the insurance, yeah, but even then they, they, can... they would, the insurance adjuster would just say, "Yeah, we don't cover moronic <laughs> <Be> like like <laughs> are you stupid?" You know, that would be like, you know, bringing uh uh some piece of um, you know, King Tut's yeah. tomb to a cosplay <laughs> thing or you know, I don't know. But um uh I was like, basically, I told everyone, I said, just please be careful. And everyone was so nervous around it. But but if you watch the scene again, you'll notice that when that thing hits, the, like it just lights up the frame. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know what kind of magic is in that <laughs> art, but, but so it was, yeah, it was yeah, a little Yeah, Alicia like mentioned that you allow them to use that. And she does. So it, 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 I think she her comment
0: was that the, the value of that painting alone was more than the entire budget that they had for the entire <laughs> season of the Guild. It's. So. It, I was
1: I was really surprised. It, it is not uh untrue. Yeah. That is that, <laughs> that is a fact. I was surprised you actually let them use it. I, I And know. you weren't on set. Like I don't know. Literally what I was not thinking. right behind it so you can grab yeah, it. Yeah, I I
0: was there. I oh, was so you were not, there to make sure.
1: I, yeah, I was there okay. those days. Like I didn't want that thing to be down there when I was not yeah. there. you know, because the thing is it's like then it gets covered up and stuff and I just didn't want like, you know, the janitor to walk by and put a coffee cup on it. Like yeah. I wanted to make sure it was safe. But I wasn't all like Hiding under the desk, yeah, freaking yeah. out. Like yeah. I, you know, we're all family and I trust everybody, but yeah. it's just one of those things where... All the other stuff is printouts, and we're just yeah. sticking the gaff tape to it. And this yeah. is a real thing, so I had to kind of make everyone aware. But, but I think it was worth it. I don't know. I I'll probably wake up in a cold sweat, like <laughs> too much, and go like, oh, and go check, make sure like it's still okay. You know, Drew will probably listen to his podcast and be like, "I will kill you." I I said you could borrow it. I didn't say you can just like put it out on public display. Uh but it's it goes, not yours. It's actually Drew's. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, Drew. Drew has the same deal. Like I learned to make my deal from him because he's like, you know, you need to create respect for your artwork uh-huh. because there were so many pieces in the early days of his career that, you know, and I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about early days like Raiders of the Lost Art, yeah, where the pieces would just end up like in some producer's storage yeah. space and then it wouldn't get paid for it and then it would end up like just like being rained on and. And you know what I mean? Like he, just all the time pieces of his work are found like in yeah. like thrift shops or like, or have destroyed. Like there's a, a whole, um, catalog of like the, the missing pieces, you know, it, he calls it, uh, Raiders of the lost art, nice. you know, um, but, and he's like, you know, you're the only one who will ultimately respect the work until there are people that are willing to, like, you know, have it as a prized possession. So he ended up, as he became more popular, making a deal where it's like, if he does a Star Wars poster, um, you know, he gets paid to create the art and they own the copyright and they have the right to make t shirts, yeah, posters, and whatever, and which yeah. they do, you yeah. know. But he owns the physical original. Oh, that's but good. Really. Obviously, they or anyone else has the right to pay the fee that is you know, the 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 market value of the art yeah. based on what he you know, or or whether it be like some like Christie's or somebody like yeah. puts a value to the art. So so even the paintings that, you know, have been done for me, like, you know, I like scratched everything I could to like pay to have them done and I'm allowed to reproduce the art and have like the Laboo poster and stuff. But the physical art, you know, until I come up with the money, the money to buy, to it, buy it, you yeah. know.
0: He has it, and he owns yeah. the rights. And
1: Drew, to it. Drew is a buddy, and he's the sweetest man on the planet. So, um, you know, there's a few pieces, like for a birthday, that he's like given me, yeah. like the, you know, the the box art from my Star Wars Legends in three D pieces yeah. and stuff. But yeah. it's like. You know, there's only so many favors you can get from people and, uh, you know, it's not like – would be like, here, well, this is worth, uh, you know, $3.8 million, but why don't you just hang it over your fireplace, you know? Um, so, yeah. So, like, that's one of those pieces that, you know, yeah. someday – so my whole career goal financially is to be able to make enough money to buy all the original art he- <laughs> for or you, the, the pieces <laughs> that, uh, you know, yeah. I've done. Yeah, So
0: now that the season's over well technically you're still working on some of the season six stuff (laughs) but generally you know 90 percent of it's done from your aspect of your perspective um how do you feel about the overall art direction or the overall production design of season six
1: i mean you know how i feel about it i think uh i think it was cool i always wish that we could do more and we can go bigger but um we do the best with what we have, and uh, you know as long as the fans enjoy it, you know I mean I think the objective was very clear this season, you know, just kind of show behind the curtain of the gaming company mm-hmm. and um, I think uh you know, I, I, like I said in earlier episodes that I just went from the point of view of if it was my company and. You know, I could just make it look any like anything I wanted, you know, within the reason. Because obviously, you know, I probably <laughs> would go crazy. Like it would probably be like the surface of the moon. Or yeah, yeah. I but you know, if I could just have things in there that would make me happy to be in a place that I had to work every day. Yeah. And you know, I think uh, I think we did that. There was just a lot of cool textures and stuff, and a lot of Easter eggs and throwbacks to, you know, what we yeah. as fans know of in the game Um, and hopefully everyone else feels the same way cool
0: all right hope you guys enjoyed that it was so much fun talking with Greg he has such interesting stories and he really cares about his items and his products and everything he makes He he does the very best job he can, and sometimes he's not even happy with that, even though they're amazing, amazing stuff. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. Like I said, I'll be continuing these interviews from Season 6. I have a few more, some with Felicia, some with other cast members, and a few other crew members. So I'll be rolling these out um, as quickly as I can. It looks like I'm doing one one a month, even though I was hoping for two. But right now I think it's going to be one a month, Um, leading up to uh, our final episode, which... I'm uh, starting to plan right now. Uh, a lot of cool ideas going on. We'll see if I can pull them off and give you guys a really fantastic final Knights of the Guild a podcast episode to go out on um it would be really awesome until then be sure to follow us on twitter we're at Knights of guild there's no the it was too long so it's knights of guild you can follow me as well on twitter at geeky fanboy you can also like us on facebook you can go to www.facebook.com slash knights of the guild you can hear us on stitcher radio it's this fantastic app that you can download on any android or iphone and you can listen to us anywhere it's a really really cool app you should check it out also we would love to get some reviews on itunes so until next time guys take care
1: that was the scene in california's mojave desert five years ago our historic first view of the newcomer's ship
0: My name is Al.
1: And I'm Joyce.
0: And we're We're huge huge Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others.
1: That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun.
0: And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort, or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And
1: remember, make make it it a a Mickey Mickey Day. day. Unlock your inner geek with Geek Therapy, a new web series
0: starring America Young. I need you to make me a geek. Please help me.
1: Let's figure out your GQ, your geek quotient. Can you watch Family Guy and not be confused? It's 30 minutes of a guy fighting a chicken. What's not to understand? The point of this is to find a geekier side of you. Yes, of course. I want this. Watch this in its entirety. Watch it until you can quote it.
0: Firefly. That sounds really hot.
1: Do not abuse this power I have given you, or you will find yourself in a special level of hell. Watch Geek Therapy on comedyva.com. That's comedy plus diva. Comedyva, where the funny girls are.
0: Knights of the Guild podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, no derivative, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.